The president's management agenda puts a focus on agencies making it easier for their customers to seek help online, over the phone, or in person. In light of those efforts, the Treasury Department has rolled out a 10-year vision for the future of financial management in government. That spells out how the agency expects to provide better service to the public going forward. Dave Lee Brick is the Treasury Department's Fiscal Assistant Secretary. He gave Federal News Network's Jory Heckman an overview of what Treasury's vision looks like. When we put the vision together, we really started thinking through kind of what does the American public expect of government in the finance area, and we settled on kind of three things. They want accurate financial information to know how their government's functioning. They have an expectation of good stewardship, uh, that we're using the money uh, appropriately and, and wisely, and also that when they interact with the federal government, it's going to be a modern, seamless, and secure experience. And every day, uh, you know, we have 85 million Americans who receive Social Security or a veteran's payment. We have uh, any number of people who are always paying their taxes. Uh, and there are also many other different interactions that they have with the federal government. And it's really important that that experience be a positive one because it's so tied to trust in government. You know, when someone has a positive experience with government, they're nine times more likely to trust government than when they have a negative. So what we did is we thought through of, okay, what role can the CFO play in actually advancing toward many of those objectives. And today, the CFO spends a lot of his or her time doing sort of things along the lines of budget formulation and budget execution, financial systems, which you might not think a CFO would be doing, and, and a number of sort of low-value transaction type things. And what we have talked about is how do we make the CFO more of a driver of taking data and compiling data and making it more useful for decision makers. And that really is at the core of it is how do you actually harness the data? How do you have better standards around the data? And then how do you use that data to measure the outcomes of government? And so we've, we've looked at uh, the Bureau of the Fiscal Service and the Treasury, sort of a number of enabling activities that we think are going to be helpful toward driving toward that vision. But I do think that the major trend one is seeing is that data is at the core of much of that, to understand exactly how government is functioning and how we're doing as a government. Right. And so you've really outlined, it seems to me, the changing role of the CFO going forward. And that seems to be a real big part of the strategy. Maybe just a follow-up question to that is, especially when it comes to the data, what do you see are the essential skills of the future for the CFO? So today, as I mentioned some of those functions, there's a very important audit function. That is, you know, can you actually account for the activity at the end of the financial year of what the government has done? And that's important. Uh, so I don't want to diminish the importance of having good, clean, audited financial statements for, for the government. And that's a worthy thing. But the American public doesn't look at financial statements. So it doesn't give many insights into actually how government is actually performing its, its duties. And so 95% of the value of the audit occurs before the actual production of the audit statement. And that's not to say it's not important, but because it, it does display good stewardship. But it's not particularly useful information. You also have the chief financial officer worrying about internal controls. You know. Is the organization kind of complying with rules and regulations and making sure that there's program integrity within the organization? That, too, is important. But again, that doesn't necessarily translate into decision-making and actually translate into useful information about how do you allocate those resources and what programs are effective and which programs are not effective. I see as we're going forward in the future is how do you make sure that the CFO is not spending his or her time on financial systems but has systems available to him or her that actually produce good data and reports that can result in, in better decisions and better allocation of resources and actually display greater stewardship than the actual audit does. And as time is going on, that's going to be more and more of an important aspect of the CFO office. 
what I'm hearing from all this is, and we hear this a lot with the president's management agenda, the idea of shifting from low value to high value work. And so it seems like this is in a microcosm is a lot of what's going on here is just shifting the CFO from those low value tasks to really the higher order thinking skills. Yeah, and I think that there's a really very strong business case that one can make around this. The federal government spends an estimated $11 billion every year and 40,000 employees to actually do transaction processing. So there's a very strong business case that we made that if you can do a better job of automating and simplifying those transactions, you can achieve significant cost savings without reducing, actually in many cases, improving speed and quality of the underlying activity for the agency. And so one of the things that in our 10 enabling activities that I've mentioned it earlier was how do you move to more shared services in many cases or centralized services for some of these functions and core financial systems fall into that category. Core financial system basically takes in and accounts for movement of money within an organization. As this has evolved, we found that you know 85% of what a core financial system does is pretty consistent across any agency. There's a little bit of customization that occurs, but that little bit of customization has resulted in approximately over 40 different financial systems across government, which have been configured in different ways and have to be serviced in different ways. And that's why the CFO is spending his or her time managing that technology when they could be spending their time doing much more productive activity. And since you brought up shared services, I wanted to pivot the conversation a little bit to the administration's plan going forward is to have Treasury be the government's financial management qualified service management organization. How does that influence the future of financial management going forward? How is that going to shape things? I mean, we really think it's a, a really critical central aspect of it for this reason. When you have more standardized, centralized core financial systems, it requires you to do a better job of standardizing your data. One of the activities that we see in, as we've been pre-designated as the QSMO for financial management, is actually looking at the standards for many of the systems and looking at many of the accounting standards, making sure that you're applying those standards, those system standards, and adhering to them in actually how you go out then and obtain those kinds of services, whether it be software or hardware, but primarily software software, that those offerings are consistent with the federal government's needs. When you have more centralized delivery of that sort of core financial management system, it's going to result in better data and less time spent on actual systems and more time actually having the ability to take that data and make use of it. We were talking a moment ago about CFOs not doing so much of the, the rote work, some of the low-value tasks. On a related note, just I want to get your sense of you know, what role technology and emerging technology will play going forward for the role of the CFO. I think there's a spectrum of applicability of the technology. And I think that uh, the government's a little bit further behind in the use of RPAs uh, than perhaps the private sector is. But I do think we're very much at the cusp of embracing that. And that, and effectively, for listeners, is to, you know, taking sort of routinized processes and automating them. And so many times when we try to gather information from different places, someone has to open one system, pick up the data, and move it to a different system. The RPAs can actually do that in an automated way, and they can do that 24 hours a day. What that does is it frees up, you know, your budget people from not having to do that activity and allows them to do higher value activities. So that's part of the President's Management Agenda that's in there. I think that that technology is ripe and something that we can embrace much more readily. I think as you move up the spectrum, 
interim, you have things like machine learning, which is still very nascent in the federal government, and artificial intelligence, which is still, um, even outside of government, still at a very beginning stage. I also think that we've done some experimentation with things like around blockchain. And my sense there is that we're a number of years off for actually in that area of applying it in a productive, practical way within the federal government. It may happen, uh, but it's not something that's going to happen as quickly as something like the RPAs. Last question I have for you, Dave. A lot of what we've discussed, I think you could summarize, is the the rapid change or the rapid evolution of these things. The speed of technology advancing is going so quickly. The expectations of customers changes significantly. They're used to more online services from the private sector and in some regards, the government playing catch up in some of those spaces. But overall, and I know it might be a broad question, but how can the CFO community keep up with this rapid pace of change here? Yeah, I think that that is really one of the major challenges and and uh, and probably not as well realized within the federal government about how we need to do a much better job of delivering services and, and paying attention to the customer experience. I think that as you, know, you look over time, unfortunately, the federal government and customer experience surveys always ends up last. And it's not necessarily that our delivery is getting worse. It's just not getting better. It's not keeping up with what's happening and what people are experiencing in other parts of their life. As we have been walking or, or going down that kind of customer experience journey, we have been learning a lot about how you need to think about it carefully. And the best example I can give is um, you can call a call center and you can have someone pick up the phone very quickly. You can have someone who's very courteous and does their job very well, but still have a very bad experience with that service or that product. Because the question becomes, why did you have to make the phone call in the first place? And so our systems sometimes are not being designed in such a way that says, how do you avoid someone having to make a phone call to get something serviced? And so you need to be looking at end to end about that customer journey. Uh, and so we tend to think about pieces of the journey. Our web, is our website, how does it do? Is it, how's it doing? How are our call centers doing? But not necessarily thinking about what was that experience from the first interaction with the federal government to the final outcome of what you were trying to achieve in your interaction with the federal government. That's Dave Lee Brick, the Treasury Department's Fiscal Assistant Secretary, talking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.